welcome to Rorschach, your reality, the podcast. This is Hannah Asler, your host, and I am so glad you're joining us here today. I'm going to be talking with a teacher who is in the classroom. Uh, she's my first in-classroom teacher as everyone else has kind of retired or moved on to a different career. So Barbara shares a little bit about what it's like working with students in the classroom today, as well as some of the strategies that she applies, and a lot of them can be applied to your entrepreneurial journey as well. Hello, Barbara. I am so glad that you're joining us here today. You are my first uh, kind of active teacher, and I would love to hear a little bit more about you. So could you just tell us um, who you are? Hi, Hannah. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, I appreciate uh, to be in your show today. Um, my name is Barbara Mastorino, and I am a science teacher, and I'm the owner of the Spanish for Kiddos Educational Services, which is a, a company dedicated to teachers and parents that want to teach um, Spanish to kids. Um, just a little bit about my background. I have a background in science. I have a bachelor's in chemistry from the University of Central Florida and a biochem degree from the University of Houston. And then later I pursued my teaching career at the University of Nevada in Las Vegas. Oh my gosh, so how did you transition from science and chemistry and all of that to wanting to work specifically with bilingual students and uh, English language learning? And that's an interesting question. As a matter of fact, I worked in the industry, in the chemical industry, for a very long time. Um, and as you might be aware, but test tubes don't talk back. So, <laughs> <laughs> and instruments are pretty lonely. So, um, it just sparked my, my interest um, after my daughter started school and the education. Uh, at that moment, so I started to think about my passion. Um, as far as also, I tutor beforehand, which also sparked the passion before then in education. So I saw the need for um, English language learners uh, in science, in particular, how there is a gap in there. Mm. And so then I pursue with what my science background is in teaching. Oh, I love that. And I definitely agree. I know kind of from my own teaching experience uh, there, we had a lot of English language learners who did very well socially. And so sometimes there can kind of be this assumption of like, oh, no, they're doing just fine. But that academic language in fields like science and mathematics could really be challenging. Um, so that definitely yeah. makes sense. Absolutely. The core subjects, especially science, social studies, where there's a lot of reading, a lot of reading comprehension, a lot of uh, things that they need to uh, connect prior knowledge with a lot of what they have to go through. Um, and you might not think of it, but science has a lot of reading, um, mm -hmm. a lot of, not just from the textbook and not just from, you know, doing the experiments, but a lot of the concepts. There's a lot of vocabulary, a lot of concepts that need to be understood before you move on to deeper topics. So that is one of the things that uh, I worked on when I was a teacher that to bridge that, uh, that language acquisition in English with Spanish. So. Oh, and that is so vital. And 
When I think about some of the students I had, I was teaching um, middle school English, so mostly seeing seventh and eighth grade students. Um, something that I noticed is that sometimes the students, they would be very proficient socially uh, in English, and, you know, they'd be able to kind of skate by in class, but they they could get really overwhelmed by, like you say, these social studies and science texts that were just dense with this academic language that's not coming up. You're not hearing it spoken. You're not hearing it in context. And then you sit down and you're trying to read, you know, this whole chapter and it's very overwhelming. And I would see kids who just, they would just kind of throw in the towel. They, I'm fine taking a C or a D or even just failing the class. Like this is over right. my head. It's too much. And I just, I just don't even want to, I'm not going to. Is that something that you've seen a lot with students? Yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah, you, you touch on a good point is that, um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Those textbooks, um, you know, they're written with a Lexile level or a, a particular reading level, say for a seventh grader, but there is an accommodation if uh, the student starts to read maybe at a fifth grade or sixth grade level, or that there's some learning disabilities at the same time, mm -hmm. or in this case, English language learners, uh, where they don't have that vocabulary or that context. So when they start to read that, it's just so overwhelming for the student that they just don't know where to start. So one of the things I implemented in the classroom, along with my special education teachers that were there, because I used, I used to teach in inclusion classrooms mm -hmm. a lot. Um, so we implemented uh, different techniques or strategies where um, a lot of the things were instead of just giving the student to read, which was kind of pointless because if they're reading not understanding then <laughs> obviously they, they won't be able to move on or in particular you know when it comes to standard testing which was a lot of as you might know or any other type of standard testing from the state or from the school uh, where they have to read and write a lot so one of the things we implemented all day was science class was actually how would you respond this essay question about science? And we would use scaffolding, we would use different um, teaching techniques in order for them to have success. So instead of just giving a page to read, let's, um, let's accommodate that text in a way that they can actually be successful and answer a question, for instance. So taken step by step, was actually a good thing to do in the classroom. Oh, and that makes so much sense when I even think of, you know, my myself as an adult. Like, there's been times I've sat down to read things, and it's like I'm just – I'm not grasping it, and I've never, I'm never going to because I don't have, like, any context for this. And when you think of how we expect our kids to just sit down and read text where it's like they could read that a hundred times. They're not going to get it because – like, yeah, you're not doing the accommodations. There's no scaffolding. How are they supposed to? Um, so I, I love that you're kind of working on some different strategies for that. And yeah. um, right now, well, I, I feel like in the personal development field as a whole, growth mindset and, and really thinking about your mindset is really starting to take a forefront. And in education, you know, Carol Dweck has done so much work with growth mindset and, and really trying to infuse that into our teaching. So would you just share a little bit about 
what is growth mindset, specifically kind of in education? Yeah, and as a matter of fact, that is a good point because we would use that a lot um, in the classroom just because uh, a lot of the kids, again, they would be overwhelmed or they would feel the need to, this is not for me, I can't do this, this is too hard, I can never move on, I'm never going to graduate, and that kind of mindset, you know, of course, that would bring anyone down <laughs> as opposed to let's work it step by step, let's, let's you know, have a, a, a mindset that what's another way that we can take a look at this? What is a, another problem-solving strategy that we can uh, give students that they can say, hey, you know what, this is step one, I can do this, and I'm ready for step two. And I think that was one of the best things that we could see and have everyone, um, I guess I can't say that, Everyone really loved that strategy, but at least they were willing to try it to see what their outcome was. And I can't say that it was super easy because it's not when you have, you know, 40 kids per classroom. And a lot of them, of course, will resist having a challenge problem or challenging reading to do. But at the end of the year, it was very rewarding to see how much growth they had and how much they develop and how much they really push on to say, uh, you know, I did it and I am glad that you pushed me through it. Hmm. So the growth mindset is, it, it's a wonderful idea. It's, it's a great philosophy. It's a great approach, but it, it's not easy. Obviously anything that you want to try in the classroom, you need to be consistent <laughs> and you need to, of course, give it time to, you know, just like any other project, give it time to, to see a flourish and nourish in the classroom. Yes, and I, I feel like so often, and this is true of, you know, students and also adults, whether in our, our careers or our personal lives, we can look at something and it just feels so big and so much, you know, it's like when you're laying on the couch and it's like, I can't get up and I can't run a marathon tomorrow. So I'm just going to stay here on the couch, um, you know, and, and kind of that idea of, well, <laughs> if you started running a mile today and five miles next week and, and you push yourself and you persevere and you kind of keep taking that next progress step, you could run a marathon, you know, in, by the end of the year. Um, but no, you can't do it tomorrow. And I, I think sometimes we look at that big goal and we just say, oh, well, I can't do that obviously it's too much, it's too big. And so we just want to, you know, pack up our stuff and go home. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. And, and that's one of the things we did in the classroom. We actually did quite a few projects. Science tends to have a great, um, uh, I would say great uh, foundation to, to start projects. So if like in, I used to teach earth science. So say we we're studying volcanoes, so instead of just giving you the vocabulary and let's just study parts of the volcano, let's go ahead and do a project, a project-based learning project where we would take step-by-step step and then collaborate. That was one of the big things that was successful in the classroom. Uh, of course, with expectations and rules in the classroom where mm -hmm. kids would work together in a project, say if it was, you know, uh, a, a three-week or six-week project, where they would just work together to, to do something, whether it was a PowerPoint presentation 
or maybe they wanted to do certain models or simulations. So that was that was actually good part of the growth mindset too as well mm-hmm. because they would help each other at the same time because everybody would have different duties or tasks that they have to complete so it wouldn't just rely only on one student to do the project um, and and again that takes time organization and planning and to be successful and to have the kids feel like hey you know what I really could do this Hmm. Yes. And I think that like, I love that just the time, the organization and the planning. And I think, (laughs) you know, whether you're a student or a teacher or even just someone in life, when you have these goals or you have things you're working towards, especially things that feel really big, like really contributing some time, some organization, some planning, that's so key in actually being able to achieve what you're trying to set out to achieve. And I, I'm so glad that the students are, are getting to be in your classroom or, or uh, benefit from you as the adult and as a teacher in their life kind of taking the initiative to do that because I think it's so important. And I think that if at a young age you start to see the reality of, hey, when I put one step in front of the other, when I do the next thing that needs to be done, when I, when I break these tasks down and, and kind of pursue them a piece at a time, I really am capable of accomplishing a lot. And how wonderful to see that when you're 10 or 12 or 15, as opposed to, you know, not even recognizing that until you're 40 or possibly even never. I mean, I think some people never, never really experience that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you see that in the classroom when not only are they doing, you know, a lot of teamwork and a lot of team collaboration, but like you mentioned, it, it teaches them to, if there's challenges, of course, we will all have challenges in life, mm-hmm. that when you apply those growth mindset strategies you learn in the classroom, and even if it wasn't for a simple project like that, I think it opens up your perspective into a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, when you apply for college, when you apply for a scholarship, when you apply for the army, uh, when you apply for any of those, any other things that, you know, for the job that you want to. And, and that takes you to, to just a, a different, uh, a different point of view of life, of course. And I can tell you from when I worked at, at, at risk schools, you know, I have uh, a lot of kids that were did not have this at home or did not have this, you know, a, a role model or, or someone that will push them through and see different things. And I think that's kind of lost in the classroom. Mm-hmm. We often don't think the, uh, the kind of influence that you can have on kids nowadays that, that they might not see it somewhere else. And think about it. You have your kids there in the classroom eight hours a day. Um, seven days, excuse me, seven days, yeah, it feels like seven days sometimes, right? Five days a week. So, you know, they, they see you as a role model and as someone to look, look up to. So, um, they have to, yeah, develop those social skills and those uh, growth mindsets that, that can probably carry them through life. Yes. Oh my goodness. And kind of speaking of these growth mindsets and, in really we're getting that internal motivation, right? And this ability to kind of propel yourself forward um, and to keep on pushing yourself. 
And <laughs> as someone who used to teach middle school, I know how difficult it can be to kind of tap into somebody else's motivation. You know, it's, it's easy for me to look at your life and say, oh, well, here's what you need to do. <laughs> um, but for that individual, it, it's not always connecting, right? They're not always coming with, with this desire to achieve the same goals as I might want for them to achieve. And, and with, like you say, the standardized testing and, and so many outside pressures of like, you need to, you know, meet this bar, you need to meet these expectations. And sometimes there's kind of a disconnect there. And I actually even wrote a blog post where I was talking about, gosh, we sometimes as educators, we get so much outside pressure from in the form of standardized testing or these different kind of metrics. And then we get pressured to like, these are the goals that our students have to have, right? To be at this Lexia level, to, <laughs> to, to be able to do X, Y, Z. And those don't always resonate with, with students. Um, so how do you encourage students to kind of take that autonomy and take initiative in their own learning process in a way that actually means something to them? You know, it's funny that um, a lot of the, uh, you know, when, when you start up your first day of school and, and, and you start your, your classroom and you start to think about, you know, uh, where's everything going to go? And one of the things that struck me the most was a poster I put on my door hmm. that said, um, uh, we are all in this classroom like a box of crayons. I wish I knew the, the author. And we're all different colors. We're all different shapes. And we all have different backgrounds. Hmm. And I put that up there on the door because that's how, um, that's how I want them to come into the door. When I was out there and I greeted every student when they would come in, mm -hmm. um, shaking their hand and saying their first name. And <laughs> it took me a little while to learn first yeah. name. But um, I really made it my mission that first week to learn all their names. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and to understand where they were coming from. Mm. Because that when that, like I mentioned before, when you have that student at risk student that has been, um, you know, has been in different backgrounds and different things that happen in life, and then all of a sudden you're expecting them to challenge them and to to push them so because you know they have the great potential and mm -hmm. they have that they resist to do so. Uh, don't give up. Um, I was still consistent. I was still, you know, had hopes that that student would change or I would have, you know, changed my strategies um, for that student to change. Did I reach everyone? Probably not. You know, unfortunately, there are those students who just don't, um, don't see it that way or they see a different perspective. But I never gave up, and so from that moment, I think it takes from that moment, first day of school, forget about syllabus. <laughs> that, that, that will come by itself. You know, you'll have time to teach, and you'll have time for the standards, but that first week is just so important to get to know your kids um, and understand their background, where they're coming from, so that 
you'll understand how to teach your kids later on throughout mm-hmm. the whole year. And that is so. such good advice. I remember my first year of teaching like feeling like really pressured, like we got to like get to the content, like we've got to start, <laughs> you know, and then um, in, in years after that, just realizing like, okay, like we do have to get to the content and we are going to, um, but not right now. Like we have to kind of establish a relationship first. Um, and obviously that's something you're doing throughout the year as well. But I, I do think taking that time at the beginning really, really makes a difference. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Um, something else that I wanted us to talk about, because I I know we've been, you know, talking about the students and your work with the students and, and kind of their own mindset and growth, but you also have kind of branched out in addition to your, your teaching job with, within a school, you've also become an entrepreneur with your tutoring and and your Spanish program. So I would love to hear a little bit more about what you're building there and then maybe how your own mindset has kind of impacted you, right? As, as you're walking into a world where you don't know all the answers and there's a lot of things to learn and ways to grow. Um, what has your mindset been like? Oh my goodness. Yeah. It, it, talk about, you know, implementing what you, you preach, right? Um, the growth mindset is I never thought how to carry me from the classroom to carry me to starting my own business. It was just a, a remarkable change. And it, it, it has been so many ups and downs and, and I've learned so much so far in starting my business. But when I started Spanish for Kiddos, it was more of a journey of myself as a teacher and parent as in teaching to my daughter Spanish. Um, and I never thought it would evolve to what is now an educational services for teachers and parents. But to, but everything that happened in between, it was just a roller coaster of, you know, uh, if anybody says starting a business easy, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> It is a roller coaster of emotions and and things that you know up and downs and it it has taught me a lot to where I am now. So I think it's just not losing that focus and perspective to why you're doing what you're doing. Just like teaching, why I was doing what I was doing when things were really challenging, when that kid was you know off the wall for some reason because maybe parents you know something was happening or, you know, something really bad was going on to now, you know, I have my business and what is it that's not clicking to, to make it work? You know, what is it that, that needs to get done to move it forward? So, and again, again, you know, I look back and yeah, the growth mindset is like, I'm applying it step one right now. <laughs> yes. So, oh man. It's it's a long battle, but you know I think it's from my personal perspective, it's I think it's all worth it because just like when I started teaching my daughter and I go and a lot of people responded to it, it was like why cannot just share this you know with what I did in the classroom and then share it with other teachers and parents that actually do want to you know give an opportunity at home or in the classroom. So. And with Spanish for kiddos, is that something that you're doing online remotely or is that something where families need to be like physically, you know, kind of in the same area as you? 
Oh, no, no. So Spanish for Kiddos is, so it's not a tutoring services or classes or a language school. So it, it provides resources, learning materials for teachers and, and parents. So they can, uh, you know, have a lot of resources and whatever resources they would like to use, they can just download. Of course, they, they purchase and download from the website. Um, and it's not something physically I ship to to teachers or parents, uh, although that could be something in the future that I might look into. But I just find that they say download and print however much they need to or however they want to. It seems a little easier. Oh, that's wonderful. And is there a particular age group that you're targeting? At the moment, uh, most of the learning materials came through third grade. And then I'll be moving on to, I would like consider like the second phase of elementary for, excuse me, third through fifth grade. And then I probably add a little more of the science level, um, you know, sixth, seventh grade. Um, higher than that, that would be just, you know, that would just diversify into different mm -hmm. topics like chemistry, earth science, physics. So that could be in a future project. Uh, yes a little bit more down the road yes oh and I feel like so many people no matter what their profession is but specifically I think of teachers because that's what I was doing too really have a lot of knowledge and resources and experience that we hardly even think of because it just is so natural to us um, or, or it just feels like a part of us and we don't even always realize how much we have to offer. Um, and I just love that you're taking, you know, your experience and something that you're passionate about and you're packaging it into something that's going to benefit other educators, other families, other students. And I, I just think that so many people have this wealth of knowledge inside of them that they don't even think of sharing. Sometimes we don't even realize how amazing it is, everything that we have. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so I love so that you're doing that. Oh, thank you. Yes. If you could encourage our listeners with one piece of wisdom from your journey, either related to teaching or even related to kind of your entrepreneurial um, pursuits, what would you want to say to them? Um, I just, just want to encourage you to just take that first day for your teacher, take that first day of back to school to just, again, take, get to know your students, get to know where they're coming from. Um, and then you can get into the nitty gritty of, of the content and teaching, but get to know them. What, what is happening? How are they coming in through the door of the classroom for you to reach out and they can learn? Um, and that is, I think that occurs that first week of school um, that can just set the tone for the rest of the school year. Um, and, and a lot of things that, that you're gonna be doing field trips, you know, projects, you know, uh, everything that occurs in the classroom to do so. And then for parents, is I think it's a little bit the same way, you know, how can I encourage my child to, to learn another language um, or encourage them to, to look at the world differently, maybe culturally, and to maybe, like in growth mindset, how could this help them in the future to see things differently? 
Mm-hmm. Like, don't give up. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, don't give up. <laughs> yeah. It's funny when, yeah. when you talk again about, you know, forming those relationships and um, it just makes me think how as a teacher, like I just saw, you know, hands on where it's like, oh yeah, you can't just like slam people with your content. They don't care about it yet. <laughs> you know, you have to yeah. kind of make that relationship and and get them interested. Um, And I I just feel like, oh, being an entrepreneur, it's the same thing. You know, it's like you can't just slam people with an offer or like, here's my content. Here's what I have. When they don't know you, they really don't care. (laughs) Um, And and that whole relationship building and how are you going to, you know, create a connection? How can you find some common empathy or interest? How can you actually have a true connection with someone before you show them, hey, I have these things I want to offer them to you. I want us to be mutually excited about, you know, some things that we could do together. Um, and, and I think in the same way that that is much more appealing to students, it's more appealing to just humans in general, you know? Yes, yes. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're right on point on that. Yeah. Oh, yes, I love, I love that, that you offer that as your advice. And if people want to connect with you, maybe about education, business, life, how can they do that? Um, you can reach me via email at hello at SpanishForKidos.com. Um, that's Spanish for Kiddos. That's Spanish, the number four, and Kiddos.com. Um, I'm on social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and just uh, any Spanish for Kiddos, it will come up. Um, or you can visit our blog at SpanishForKiddos.com and forward slash blog. Oh, I love that you got the, the name for everything. It's so much easier when, when you can find someone at the same Spanish for Kiddos. And I will have um, all of that in the, in the show notes, too, for people who just want to have a link to click on. I'll get you all set up with that. Thank you. Yes. And Barbara, thank you so much for taking the time to come on, to share with us. And I wish you just the best in your, both in your classroom and also with Spanish for Kiddos and your resource sharing. Thank you so much. It was a great pleasure to, to talk to you today. Thank you so much for joining us today. A huge shout out to all of our teachers, educators, administrators. The work that you're doing is so valuable and you are greatly appreciated. I would love if you enjoyed the podcast, if you left a review, follow along, subscribe, or find me over on social media at Rorschach, your reality. 